All right, here we go. Three, two, yeah. Mm. That was a good one. And I like the yeah added to it. Yeah. Well, you know why I'm happy? Because we got goddamn football this month. We I, do. I mean, it, we got football. It's August. So, so, all right. So I am reaching now. I've been very excited for about six weeks, which I say every time we do this. Yeah. Now I'm getting a little nervous. Now I get like a little jittery. Like there's a lot of work. It's a lot okay. of fun. But now I'm getting like... Well, you know, the whole marriage thing, you're like, yeah, this can be great. And then it's like, oh, my God, this is kind of real. Like, our weekends are going to be very committed to this. And there's a lot of, like, that sounds really bad. Like, that's going to be out in a way, like, to my marriage that I probably not mean to. <laughs> uh, but I am excited. But I'm also kind of anxious now because we're, like, three weeks from week zero being a thing. Yeah. I mean, I can't believe it's here. It's like role reversal, though, because a couple weeks ago, you were really excited. And I was like. We have a lot of planning to do. I'm very nervous. Now I'm like, the plans are set. Let's roll. Let's football. I'm ready. Yeah. I know I'm ready too. Uh, this is very exciting. Like right before this, turn in my first locks of the week of the yeah. year with Bleacher Report. So go read it. Share it. It it'll is Heisman. It's, it's always weird. When like locks of the week. This. Yeah. So it'll be out. Exactly. Yeah. So it is, it is Heisman, which is very interesting. And then I am now working on... Win totals, which is one of my favorite things to bet. We'll talk about that today because we are doing your conference, the Pac-12. I, do you feel the good when it's of champions? It's just the the conference. It's a weird year. Like I, looking at it, I'm I'm really struggling with the Pac-12. I'm actually yeah. very excited to have a a sane USC conversation, uh, but I'm I'm intrigued where you're going with the Pac-12. And of course, Arizona. But we have to start with. We got to start with Nick Saban, right? <laughs> so Nick Saban appearing on, I don't know, radio, essentially called last year a rebuilding year, which is getting some interesting response. Yeah. Because it is sort of a slap in the face to Georgia. And also, I think he's completely right. Yeah. I think I, I, think I actually called last year rebuilding year for Alabama like a dozen times. So you are a resident Nick Saban um, enthusiast. Enthusiast, perfect. I was going to say Homer. Enthusiast is so yeah, much better. It is. What were your thoughts on the comments there? I love it. I love the fact that like that's such a like power move. But he said it in a way that people can't. Like you said, he's not wrong. Like no. it was a rebuilding year, but by any other team's standards, that's a very successful year. He, they were. They're going to be so much better on defense. They the, the interesting thing about the rebuilding year is like he rebuilt this year with the transfer portal. Like it's mm -hmm. a complicated statement when you actually look about how good they got like that by getting LSU's best cornerback and getting Georgia's best wide receiver and then getting one of the best running backs in the country. So I, I do think it is a hilarious. I don't necessarily know if he's doing that as a slight to Georgia. He probably is. He's a very calculated man. That's the thing. It's not an accident that he said this. That no. is, I love it. Well, it's also a slight to everybody who's been like talking about him retiring and like putting that out there. And like, I think he just wants to rile people up and I love it. I love every minute of it. Now, if this was another coach, I'd probably hate it, but I love every minute of him riling people up about things. And his, he's also writing a recruiting heater. Like, Yes. I was looking at something earlier and it said like the Alabama class like a couple weeks ago was like 
40th or something ridiculous. And now it's like back up to the top two. Number one on 24-7 sports. I was just looking at that. And it's funny to me because I wish I would have looked at it before this. But now I'm like, I want someone to do the math on since he had that, um, I guess, public display of uh, issues with Jimbo. How has A&M's recruiting and um, Alabama's recruiting been affected? And, like, who's gotten more guys? Obviously, I know the answer to that portion, but I'd just be curious to see the numbers specifically on how much Nick has gained in terms of traction in recruiting. And it's so funny because people were like, we talked about this a lot. He was criticizing the, like, the system with recruiting, transfer portal, all that stuff, but he's using it to his advantage. He's not saying that it's he's not going to use it. He's just saying this is how it is, and it's different than it was before, but he's completely showing out and saying – even though it's changed, I'm still the best at it. And I love so, that. So I do too. So you look at their class, by the way. And again, if you're just listening to this podcast, we are not recruiting obsessed, but we no. like to acknowledge recruiting. Uh, yeah, that, it's laughable. Uh, I can't <laughs> tell you about how good these players are, but I do find it funny that you look at like their top six players. Caleb Downs, a safety, committed 727, right? Tony Mitchell, another safety. Oh, by the way, they have the two top safeties in the country, 626. Top running back in the country, just committed 729, 717, 620, 711, 722, 81, 82. They got the one of the best tight ends in the country who they stole mm-hmm. from Ohio State. Yep. So y'all be talking shit is what Saban – we know that this is going to happen, right? They adapt, yeah. they evolve, and it's just very Alabama for him to just be, okay – this gets back to the whole offensive thing. The famous, one of my favorite Nick Saban quotes ever is this what we want football to be when he's talking about the hurry up and everything. And then lo and behold, Lane Kiffin happens and then Alabama becomes the Alabama anew. So yeah, they're on a roll, but I guess we shouldn't really be surprised, right? Like this is what Alabama does. So um, I expect that we'll be seeing more of that here in the coming weeks and months and everything else. I also think he wanted to stop people from, talking about like the revenge tour because I know they've used that in the past as like an Alabama revenge tour or whatever. And I think he was like, last year was a rebuilding year. There's nothing to avenge here at this point. Um, we're just going to get better. Yeah. And they have, and they're going to be continued good. I'm excited actually when we previewed the sec um, and, but no, we are talking pack 12. So this is your conference, your, your commissioner you saying that. I just like saying it. Well, when we do the Big Ten, like they're dig. disappointing. This is your, that's your way of being like Nick Saban. <laughs> it's not, You're throwing it, digs at me when I try it's, to – it's your well, conference. Ha-ha. Well, it's like Iowa's my team, right? Yeah, like, congratulations and I know on ends. your first sellout of a season since 2011, which I, I tagged I, you in today. I just saw that on the old Twitterverse, which seems kind of surprising. I feel like Iowa needs to get its shit together and sell out yeah. some more games, just selling, saying. <laughs> but in any event – and I also, by the way, learned that I have tickets 50-yard line for Iowa-Michigan this year which I'm really looking forward to. That's going to be not a work trip. That is a problematic tailgating. What is that? It is, I think it's October. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You're probably wondering, like, this son of a bitch is going to miss some work. No, um, no, 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 no. Uh, what's that? But which I was just thinking now. No, I'm wondering why you're not inviting your favorite podcast co-host. Well, to so I'm begin. trying to figure out how many tickets I'm going to get. And okay. there is a possibility that there may be more tickets in this situation. Okay. So Iowa, Michigan is uh, October 1st. 
which should be really fun. Iowa at that point, they have San Diego uh, State. I'm talking Iowa. Iowa State, Nevada, Rutgers, Michigan. I think I can do that weekend. My 30th right. birthday is a couple weeks after that. And so I will not be working on that weekend. No, I'm having for a you. lovely party. So, um, oh, I know, well, right? E- either way, maybe this is the birthday present of watching Iowa and Michigan play football, which one could I mean, argue if that's a present at all. I but, mean, I would argue that my like first Big Ten experience would be. Like, yeah, that'd be a good game. one. Oh, no, that Iowa's a great place to watch football i get sorry i gotta and, digress yeah you need to because also I, like the wave you know how i feel about things that are like feels and like mm-hmm. cute and sweet like that that would be a good gift so just it, keep it in mind keep it in mind it is a big birthday I, for me so just keep that in mind i will um, I, it is yeah that's a that's a big one so but, all right back to my conference yes so let's kick things off before we preview the Pac-12 as a whole. Yes. Pac-12 media days. Happened, yes. What was, yes, what was the most meaningful takeaway from Pac-12 media days in your eyes? Because it's pretty quiet yeah. on the social media front. I would say I'm really, really impressed with the commissioner of the Pac-12, like basically saying, hold on, Big 12. You don't need to talk all this shit. Why are you talking shit? We mentioned on this podcast before saying it's kind of strange that like the hill that the Big 12 wants to die on is like, we're good as we are. We don't need anybody from the Pac-12. It's such it was a very strange hill to die on. And they sort of were like throwing shade at the Pac-12 completely. And the commissioner of the Pac-12 was like, no, we just because the the Big 12 said they were open for business or whatever the Big 10 did or whoever, he was like, that doesn't mean we want to join. That doesn't mean we are in on this. Like, we think we have a good thing going over here. And basically he, in an interview said, I've had to defend our conference from the big 12. And I think that's partially why things have been spoiled between those two conferences. So I think that there is a more of a finger on the pulse of the PAC 12 teams being like, hey, we want to stay together. We don't want to dissolve as a conference. If there are conversations that you're going to have to move to the Big 12, we want to try and figure out a way to keep you. More so than I would have thought. That, that to me, lets me know that they, they are very much trying to keep everybody else there and not just become a garage sale for all the other um, conferences. I have to imagine that has to be so stressful. Um, yeah. You know, so stressful. And just in terms of like, you, it it feels like the room for error at this point is so small that you have to keep everybody happy. Mm-hmm. You've got a television deal. It's got to be the, the Pac-12 as a whole. This kind of transitions into a really, um, you know, into our preview. Well, first off, divisions are gone. Yeah. Like, I, I think that's fascinating because other conferences are going this way. Pac-12 is doing it now. So from a, a just a general football, like I, I think it's a really good thing. The divisions are gone. It impacts betting and everything else. Two top teams. I just find it fascinating that they could just eliminate divisions just like that. So it's going yeah. to be an interesting beta for the ACC and other conferences in the, in moving forward. But I thought that was a really good decision that Pac-12 made. Yeah. The other the the other part of this too, getting back to realignment, it is fascinating. Once again, that the biggest storyline of a conference, well, two storylines to me: a, can it crack the college football playoff? with one of these teams that we're going to talk about and B like, what's the lingering real, does realignment have any sort of lingering impact on the season as a whole, knowing that USC and UCLA are bon voyage. And then what other teams are going to be doing that? So yes, the biggest storyline in my eyes are kind of like the, 
non-football stuff, although you could argue the college football playoff is the most, you know, the ultimate football stuff. So I think it's, I think it'll be really interesting as a whole. The conference is such this odd tipping point one way or another. It is. And it's, it's sad because I think a lot of it's going to overshadow the football that's played this year. And I mean, I will obviously give my take on whether or not I believe that they can crack the the playoff. And I that's think feeling not great. Just what you said. <laughs> it's feeling not great. It's it is not great. I don't I don't think that there's um, an overnight fix for the stuff that's been compounding for years. And when you have two of your biggest um, schools leaving and the, the, it's not even like a hey in three years like sort of the SEC and the Big 12 situation it's like a it's next year and this is happening it, I want to hold off the playoff will a team make the playoff <laughs> yeah we'll, we'll wait but I want and, and we'll go down the list so we've got no divisions we got to talk about USC mm-hmm. so all right I am kind of floored at the maybe not at the betting support and like people think USC is going to be really really good like right away. So let me I'm gonna I want to go through some odds with you because I was looking at this pre pod looking at this week. There are four teams in college football mm-hmm. with worse odds: Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia, which are one plus one seventy five, plus three hundred, plus four hundred. You have Clemson at plus one thousand. Then you have AM and USC at plus 2,500 to win the national championship. Caleb Williams is the second, the third choice, excuse me, to win the Heisman at plus 7,000. Mm-hmm. USC to win the conference, hold on, getting there, is a favorite now to win, like to win the conference. Yeah. So, okay, what do we do with this? Like what I I am really struggling. I want to get USC's odd. They are plus two twenty and Utah's plus two fifty. So it's really close, right? But US USC has gone from like this really struggle struggle, and they could still be the struggling team. I guess is what I'm getting at to the conference favorite in like six months, and I feel like that is absolutely fascinating. Yeah, it just goes to show you how little faith people have in the Pac twelve. Yeah. And, well, yeah, I mean, if you think about it, like Utah has been good. Like they're a good football team. They've been a good football program for the past five years. Okay, at least. Washington, sprinkle Washington in there occasionally. Yeah. Things have changed at Washington. Oregon, obviously things have changed there as well. Utah, things haven't changed. And they, they're always, there's always hype there, but it's just not enough. Like, they never do enough to – they always lose a game they're not supposed to lose. Or, you know what I mean? Or they get to yeah. a situation where they could prove a point and don't. Like, there's just a lot of – that's just the way of the Pac-12. is like a lot of almost. And like I've said before, almost are not wins, okay? So I think for people looking at Pac- the Pac-12 as a whole, you look at Lincoln Riley and – Despite not having great success making it to the college football playoff, he's gotten there before. He's won yeah. conferences. And I think that's where people are at is like they view the Pac-12 as worse than the the Big 12 in football and are like, look, this guy can handle it. I think it – and to be fair, I'm sort of on that bandwagon. Like I think Utah is like the main threat to USC, of course. 
I don't think Oregon's a factor. I don't think Washington's a factor. Like, I don't think UCLA is a factor. So, I mean, it sort of makes sense. Like, you're looking at a guy who has the recipe for success, the funds for it, the recruiting for it in terms of transfer portal. Like, it makes sense that he can revive this pretty easily in that conference. So, yeah, I I buy into the hype more than I buy into Utah because I've seen Utah be there, be pretty good, have the players, have the coach, and still not be able to be, quote, successful or crack the playoff. Okay, so they added the Bolitnikoff winner, a really good quarterback. And I, I think the most interesting thing about Caleb Williams was he was still really pretty raw. Mm-hmm. There was like some ups and downs. Yeah. I think he's going to be so much better. And they also added Travis Dye at running back. Like they've got two really good wide receivers. I I sort of am in the, the camp that you are that while I'm hesitant because it feels too fast. Yes. There's like no reason this team shouldn't be good. The defense was mm-hmm. like, you know, I forget. It was in the past the top hundred in scoring defense. It's not going to be great, but they still have talent there. It's it's like you have four, you know, Corey Foreman and former four star and five star guys that are like in theory, it's not there, but that's going to be the area of concern. But here's the other thing, Paige. So this schedule, right? You play Rice, you play at Stanford, you play Fresno, who's got some teeth to it. You play at Oregon State, which I think is actually a pretty intriguing game. Oregon State had some punch. Arizona State is going to be bad. You play Washington State. Then you play at Utah, October 15th. I think there's a really very realistic chance that this team is unbeaten October 15th. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then after that, play at Arizona. No comment. (laughs) You play Cal. You play Colorado. And then you end at UCLA. You play Colorado at Colorado? You play Colorado at home. Okay. So, like, they should win these games. Uh, Utah's tough. Playing at Utah's really tough. Yeah. At UCLA could be tricky. That's a team I like a little bit. I want to talk about. And then Notre Dame is is going to be good. But like if they lose four games, if they lose five games, it's going to be a disappointment. If they lose four games, I think they're going to be disappointed too. I I'm starting to I'm starting to drink the Kool-Aid and I don't know how I feel about it, right? Like that's kind of where I am with USC. Yeah. Um but if, to be if, fair, like the yeah. bar has kind of been set low. Like USC, like to consider it a success, I think, I think USC fans will be rational when it comes to like the success of Lincoln Riley. I know that that sounds weird because you feel like, okay, the bar is set really high for them. But I think even if they fall below what their like real expectations are and what they really want to happen, even if it's not college football playoff, I think they're still going to be pleased with the fact that there's been movement forward instead of backwards, kind of like the last couple I of think, years. I think USC fans will be rational. I think other people are going to be out of their mind. Like, yeah. I, I think you're, I think you're exactly right. I think USC fans will be like, I think they're already like, Oh, thank God. Because the recruiting's <laughs> yeah. going to get better. And they like, they're like, Oh yeah, whatever. I feel like this now at the same point, like you've got a Blitnikoff winner and you've got this really amazing quarterback for two more years, you think. Mm-hmm. And so you have a window here that you want to take advantage of a special quarterback. We, we think. But yeah, I'm kind of with you. I think other people are going to be um, out of their minds. Now, the competition for this is a team that I've been back and forth with um, already a bunch, and and that's Utah. 
So Utah is, I think, has maybe one of the most intriguing opening games, which is at Florida. Talk about a really cool, fun, out-of-conference traveling, and they go to Florida. That's going to be a gambling nightmare. I know. Hold on. Speaking of which, let's see. That's going to be a gambling nightmare. Speaking of which, so the Utah-USC line right now, Utah is a four-and-a-half-point favorite, which is a little surprising. So, okay. but just for some reference, the Utah-Florida game, Utah is a two-point favorite on the road. So, Utah last year, look, um, tremendous season. It has the huge lead in the Rose Bowl. Just runs into all that offense. And I don't know. I mean, they were, you know, pl- they were playing running backs at cornerback, which is one of the greatest videos, by the way. Uh, I forget his name, but watching him miss the tackles and try to cover, like, those star wideouts. Yeah. Just didn't go well. But still, Utah had a really good year. Cam Rising at quarterback. Tavion Thomas at running back. Really good. Really good. So this is the, in my eyes, this is probably still the favorite. And yet, I think right now it does feel neck and neck. So what are, you, what are your initial vibes on Utah heading into the season? I feel like Utah defensively, I, actually, I don't feel like, I know Utah defensively has the edge over USC. And... That will obviously benefit them moving forward. But I, I, like I said, I feel like Utah's been in this conversation for a while now. We've been having these same conversations and it's the same stuff. And that game versus USC, I don't know. I, I, oh gosh, I'm really drinking the USC Kool-Aid and I don't want to, but. I just feel God, like I've been dis- maybe it's because I'm like a little bitter that I've been disappointed in Utah so much. You know what I mean? I, I like mean, I've really bought into the Utah hype over the years. I have a really good friend, my like longest childhood friend went to Utah. Her her she married someone she met there. They're big Utah fans. I go to the Pac-12 championship yeah. game when it's in um Santa Clara with them. And I've just been so disappointed in their performance that I think that's where I am just really hesitant because I, I feel know, like they've had these pieces for a while. And also I'm just still pissed about their coach being a jerk against Arizona, I think too. So oh, maybe Jesus. I'm just... Okay. Um, all right. So their season last year was fascinating. So they lose to BYU mm-hmm. at BYU early. Yep. Okay. There's no shame in that. They lose at San Diego state, which turned out not to be a terrible loss, right? San Diego state yeah. was pretty good. They then won like pretty much everything. They lost at Oregon state. But at home, there were like home road splits or just there are such a beast at home that killed Oregon twice, 38-7, 38-10, right? I mean, that, that was fascinating to I see. I actually remember those games just being like, this is getting out of control for Oregon. And I, I, one of my favorite bets of the year was betting Utah against Arizona State at home. It was like, <laughs> it just felt so good. I mean, that spread was three, I think. I've been on a lot of Utah games. So I like this team a lot. I just, they... They got to eliminate the oopsies here. and But that's a Pac-12 way of life. You have your I, oopsies and you don't make the college football playoff. That is ex- that is it. This, it's they so, are like, it's they so are like the microcosm of it. But they also, they hung tough with Ohio State. I think this like this team's going to be a lot better. I don't what know what. we say about almost. I, I, but I, I don't know what I'm going to do with this Florida game. I, I have no idea. That, that is seems a, like a game. nightmare. This, you know what game. sounds funny is like this sounds seems like a game that like Florida shouldn't win, does win, and then they just yes. lose a shit ton of games. Yes, no, that that is exactly. <laughs> <laughs> this, 
Also, the best like, part of this is like you could you could talk X's and O's all day, but if no, you watch college football enough, it. you know that you're like it doesn't yep. matter. It doesn't matter. Out, Florida, out the Florida window, wins Florida. a huge game with a new coach, and the quarterback plays great, and then they just like barely make a poll. That is Chef's kiss. Like that is perfect. It is. Like that is that is perfect. Um, all right. Sports. The other team that I'm excited to talk about a little bit okay. is UCLA. Mm-hmm. So, uh, what what are we doing with UCLA? Like, what are we? Where are we where, at in the Chip Kelly UCLA? I, whole I mean, thing? he's on the hot seat for sure because you're going to go to the Big Ten, and if you can't win here with players, this now this team is made up of guys that he's brought in. This is his team. So at some point, you need to prove that what you did at Oregon is possible here with recruiting and all of that stuff. Um, I, but also like where in the world is Chip Kelly? Like I forget that he's a college football coach still because I feel like we just saw yes. so much of him at Oregon and I just like, I feel like he's a completely different person at UCLA. Maybe that's just because like UCLA is like very traditional and Oregon's like super new and flashy, but it's the strangest coaching strain of all time really for me. But I, but I truly believe that like he has to win this year or they're going to find somebody else. They're paying him a ton. I think he's like the highest paid like public. Yeah. I was going to say pre Lincoln Riley. Yes. Yes. they, Yes. They did not have a bad year. What, what no, but they really, started off really strong and then they fizzled out. So what really kind of screwed up everything. So they played in week zero. I almost just knocked my beer over. They played in week zero. <laughs> they beat Hawaii. They beat the hell out of Hawaii, right? Uh, by the way, Team Hawaii in week zero. Spoiler alert. We're getting ahead of ourselves, but just saying. <laughs> they beat LSU. That was the one where you're like, oh, my God. Now LSU was trash. So it, it was, was kind of so like bad. it was kind of like fake. And then they lose to Fresno. And they, they get crushed by Arizona State. And then they lose to Oregon. They lose to Utah. Uh, close to Oregon. They get beat the hell out of by Utah. But, like, they had this really weird – they just absolutely doubled up. I forgot this. I had to look at the score. They beat USC 62-33 to 33 at USC. I forgot about that. That was like mm-hmm. – that was good a, God. Yeah. That was, that was bad. They beat Washington. So – and, and I, the, the other thing that I like about them is I will say – Dorian Thompson Robinson, I feel like he's been in school for 19 years, but he, he has, keeps it, getting it's like it's better. DTR. Yeah. I love that we can call him DTR and not have to say his full name. I wish more people would come up with, um, what do they call them? Acronyms for their names because I can't say anyone's name. Um, so I would appreciate if everybody could have like a cool DTR type of DTR name. and he's good and he's got he's a really good, good running back. And I think the thing about them last year, which I'm really curious by, like the defense – the offensive line has been like this running joke for 10 years for how bad it's been. Josh Rosen, you go back. It's been bad. The defense was finally good. Like, not great, but good. So, yeah, I think with a great quarterback and a great running back in that conference, it gets back to your Pac-12 point of, like, why not them? But undoubtedly, are they going to lose some games that they shouldn't? Yeah. Yeah. They'll be average. Probably. They'll be but, average. But I, I think if they win, I mean... I don't see them beating USC, but oh, I'm I'm taking them over win total in our column. By the way, I'm I'm what's let me the, let me what's it hold on. I'm gonna I'm gonna pull it up again. I thought it was eight and a half. The last line I looked, I was line shopping around, 
But let me see here. Regular season wins. UCLA. Perfect. Eight and a half. Minus 115. Uh, over, excuse me, over minus 105. Under minus 115. Okay. So it's, it's pretty close, right? That's like a coin flip. There's not a lot of juice there. So. Hold on. Are you going, you want to go schedule? Six, you want to just go down the schedule? Seven. Eight. Nine. That's where I was. The out of conference schedule sucks. See, what they're gonna do is they're gonna lose. They're gonna lose to someone they shouldn't lose to. I'm hoping it's Arizona. Oof, that would be definitely someone they should lose to. But <laughs> but like nice. Bowling Green, Alabama State, South Alabama. No, no, no. They win all those games. At Colorado, you win that. Washington I, at home, you should win that. That's Utah, the one that lose. might be tough for them. Depending which one's a Friday night. Where's it the is Friday? Washington on a Friday night. Oh, it is true. That's it. But, that's it. But it, that's it. But nope, at least it, it. it's nope, it's nope. home though. It's nope. home at least because you play it Washington matter. on Friday night. It's like, I mean, that's so. Then you play though. No, they're going to play Utah, to Washington. Oregon. They're going to lose Washington you know, on a Friday night. Damn it! Still one. If that happens, I mean, honestly, the football gods are just—they don't even care what the football evil. play is. It's just—it's written you get ahead USC of them. at home. So I. I like this team, but I'm kind of with you on the Chip Kelly thing. Like, this was a giant in the sport, and he's just kind of chilling. Feel like just kind of easing into retirement, making a big yeah, chunk of money. I feel like he like doesn't he actually care if he gets fired or and, not. <laughs> you know, but but he's done. Like last year was good because they had been so bad and mediocre, and then last mm-hmm. year they were like they got to a point of relevancy. Like LSU was like a moment early on in the year. Uh, I mean, even the Hawaii game, which you know. Was fun at the time. That was the easiest bet I think I won all year. I can so, guarantee um, you what's going to happen is is Utah is gonna it's going to be a close game with Florida. USC is going to still be getting its bearings, and they're going to look a little vulnerable at the very beginning of the season. And USC or UCLA is going to beat all of those non conference teams by a lot, and everyone's yes. going to be on the UCLA bandwagon, kind of like we talked about last year. And then it's going to flip and it's going to be like, oh, no, they're back to being UCLA that we've known. So that's certainly how the season's going to start. I'm kind of buying them, though. Like, I I, kind of get it. I'm not buying them at the level of USC, but I actually think that could be a super fun game. Um, So, all right, let's go down the conference a little bit. Two questions. Yes. Oregon and Washington. Oregon is a team that I feel like I know – very little about other than I like the defense and I like some of the players on the defense. You've got Dan Lanning, they play Georgia. Um, but still there's been a lot of change here. It's a team that beat, beat Ohio state pretty handily in Ohio state last year. And then Washington was dreadful. I mean, what the hell happened to them? Like, so you've got two teams that are kind of in the middle. My first question is a, are they, are they long for this world in this conference and B which one, what do you like there or not like there? Because I, I honestly don't know what the hell to do with these teams. So I'm going to be careful how I say this because I don't want it ever to be oh clipped boy. out and used against me. Oh, that's perfect. Clip but this. If, but if I had to buy stock in Washington or Oregon, I would buy stock in Oregon. Um, I think that they will be good this year. I think they could potentially be... In the conference title conversation. 
if USC doesn't figure it out, I think it could be Oregon and Utah. Oregon's win total is my, uh, eight and a half over minus one thirty five, so under minus eight and a half. So it's you know it's not that far off from UCLA's, but definitely yeah. I mean they have to they have, the only they have to play Georgia, which is yeah not that sucks ideal. And yeah, even that's not great. and if I had to choose which one of those two teams is going to leave the conference, if if either of them leave, I would definitely pick Oregon to be the one to jump ship i don't like i know the conversation around realignment has been oregon and washington going as like a package deal but i don't know how like i don't they don't the like specifically to the big 10 i don't think the big 10 needs washington i think they can take oregon if they when they get notre dame and take stanford as opposed to washington oregon is such an interesting team in general because it's like from a desirability standpoint, you would think it'd be very high. Football, basketball is respectable, big money, Nike, mm-hmm. um, great facilities. Like, it fits. I'm kind of with you there. Um, I think both actually make some sense academically, whatever we want to say in terms of how they evaluate this process. Academically. <laughs> I'm a Big Ten homer, right? I mean, if I, yeah, that's true. I've got to be re- I've got to be ready to take it. If, if, wait till the Big Ten episode. I'm sure yeah. I'll be getting plenty. But... <laughs> I, I will say from a football standpoint, Washington was a mess. You had the coach getting into fights with players. Yeah. Like a guy that they loved in, in Lake. And, I mean, they were abysmal offensively. Lost to Montana. Got absolutely destroyed by Michigan. Like, it was, it was bad out there. I mean, mm-hmm. this was a team that people really liked. That people were picking as like a sleeper for the playoff. They lost their last four games to Washington State. They got crushed. Colorado, Arizona State, and Oregon, right? They were actually competitive versus Oregon. I don't know if this is a team at all I can get behind. Like, I, I think no. it'll be better. But, and, it's and actually, sad uh, too I forgot because the, of the position that they were in. Like, they had built it up gone to a college football playoff, had the recruiting poll, and really competed with Oregon, and then it just completely fell off. I I forgot that they had gotten Michael Penix from Indiana, who had some moments, got hurt, was good, had some moments. Like, he's fun. I mean, resident yeah. Big Ten homer, like, he's fun. But I still don't think it's, it's going to go great. I, I think Oregon... You're going to learn a lot against um, Georgia, which, of course, the landing connection is like the obvious one. 17 points, by the way, is the current line. Oregon, Georgia. Where, where are you really? at with that? Yeah, 17. So Georgia's like lost 15 players to the draft. Um, that's I mean, going to be another thing is Oregon's going to – I don't see them getting blown out in that that Georgia game. Like as Because we've seen Georgia play in – actually – I was going to say, we've seen Georgia play in non-conference games um, that are like the big, what is it, the Chick-fil-A kickoff games or whatever, and seem a little slow to start, um, but we've also seen the opposite. So, um, yeah, I think the that Oregon is going to be a hard one to get behind, but I think seeing them against Georgia will be a very good um, like telling point of like where they're at and how the season sort of goes. All right, so do you want to talk about Arizona now? Sure, we can. Why are you 
Why are you? It's just so funny because, like, in the doc, I put Arizona as a football team. It's a joke. I obviously am very proud Arizona alum. I'm wearing an Arizona <sighs> shirt, but it's an Arizona basketball shirt. Um, shout That's out to That's perfect, actually. That is actually <laughs> – that is that is perfect. That's the preview. I'm I, wearing an Arizona basketball shirt. Someone asked me on Twitter. I actually need to respond to them and tell them that I'm answering this on the podcast, but I'll respond on Twitter too. Arizona football schedule. And I think they asked, what's the – What's the win total for them? Does is there one? Um, well, so so I'm I'm looking at this. So they play. I'll give you some gambling. They play at San Diego State week one. San Diego State is only a six point favorite, which sounds kind of funny. And maybe I'm they it may sound like I'm saying that disingenuous. I'm not. That's kind of an interesting line. Like it. Yeah. You know, punt gotten everything else. That's actually, I kind of like Arizona. There is what I, is what I'm getting at. And then the win total. God, I love gambling. Mm, mm, mm. I'm going to control myself this time around, but yeah. I love gambling. Oh, uh, fantastic. The, the win total is three. Um, over uh, three, uh, under three wins, minus 115. Over is minus 105. So do we, yeah, let's go through Arizona's schedule. So if you get San Diego State, which I think you can get, you're in good shape. I don't think Mississippi State's going to go very well. So do we want to go 0-2 or 1-1? Let's go. Let's go. Own two. Just a like like worst case scenario. Okay. So North Dakota State is where things get very interesting for Arizona, because y'all could very well lose that game. Second, yeah. I. I'm In like, fact, I think y'all are going to lose that game. I which think isn't we great. Only win two games. That is three, not actually, a three games. That's like that's a tougher out of comp. Why would you play North Dakota State? Who does that? Mississippi like, State and well our yeah our, no that's not Mississippi fun. State is because of the the AD that we our new AD, newest AD that is our current AD was the what, athletic director of Mississippi State. So what are the games that you win? I, I think you may actually Cal, beat Arizona State, Cal, Colorado, it, and Arizona State. Oh, beating is, Arizona State in football will feel so good again. That's the thing; it doesn't matter. It nothing else matters if we lose. Every game, and our only win is Arizona State. Best year in a long time. Boy, this has gotten. We blew a 19 point lead on Thanksgiving or the day before Thanksgiving. It was like the worst Friday or Wednesday of my life, whatever it was. Um, Oh, it was horrible. It was horrible, horrible, horrible. This this stretch of schedule versus Oregon Oregon, at Washington versus USC at Utah at UCLA. Yeah, that was awful. Awful. That's why I'm hoping we can squeak out two wins to start. If you could beat, I think you could beat San Diego State. I think that maybe that's like such a week zero game that's in week one. Like that. Sorry, (laughs) that that is like that would be a that would be like like all key games in week zero zero games. I'm like, I think Mississippi State. At least you get it at home. Oh, you know what else I love seeing? Page 10 p.m. Eastern. Start times. 10 p.m. That game starts yeah. at 9 p.m. my time. The, oh. the, wait, what day? Hold on. Beers will be cracked for that game. I can tell you that right the now. The day after Thanksgiving is at 11 a.m. my time is Arizona, Arizona State. Oh, my God. Day That's, great. That's perfect. Yeah, I that will. Is- Perfect I will be so obnoxious on Twitter. I think this is the year. I think this is the year that Arizona beats Arizona State in football. Click okay, it, bef- producer Matt. Yeah, I said what I said. 
I'm gonna regret sad that. rivalries. <laughs> Hashtag sad rivalries. That's not a sad rivalry. How dare you cover that? No, rivalry? no, no. For for to be clear, the rivalry is excellent. Thank you. This year, though, it's like um, it is sadness amongst the team. Yeah. Yeah. But we I think didn't cheat gonna be in football. Okay, so. Oh, oh no! I don't even want to. I don't even want to. <laughs> the landline. All right. Before we make our picks. Uh, this is where our passions here intersect because I am a Big Ten homer. You are a Pac-12 homer. Mm-hmm. Um, the Rose Bowl has always been one of the best televised things on television outside of the Masters. Televised so, things on television. <laughs> televised things on television. Yeah, this is not a uh, <laughs> this is not a margarita in a can. I swear. Um, that's a bad way to to. You to should say not it, have though. poked the bear to start by calling this my conference. I mean, I shouldn't be. And I shit on the rivalry. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot. I have this coming. Fair enough. <laughs> but I think the Rose Bowl is doomed. Like long term, I think the Rose I'm Bowl. I'm so is... sad about that, but I do too. So what? Like they went from caring like that this was going to prevent conference expansion and playoff expansion to being like, who cares? Who cares? And the alli- the alliance is dead, and so. That does make me kind of sad because the Rose Bowl is visually the most beautiful football game of the year. Yeah. It, um, it does not matter. It's it's sad, too, because that was, like, the number one thing we got asked. Like, as soon as all of this conference realignment stuff happened, it was like, well, what does this mean for the Rose Bowl? I mean, realistically speaking, you could have the Pac-12 and the Big Ten still be in it, but the teams are not going to yes. be good ones. So do we get – like a year of UCLA and USC being in the the Big Ten and having the Rose Bowl still be affiliated with the Big Ten in the Pac-12? I don't know. Um, because I feel like I don't want to put my money on that because I feel like bowls are going to completely change. Like, this is probably the last year we get a relatively normal bowl season. After that, it's going to be mass yes. chaos. Mass yes. chaos. The, the um, sponsors, the TV deals the teams and conferences that are involved in them, it is it is going to be mass chaos. Um, That's the no, next I, thing to really be shaken up by all this paying players oh yeah. and climate um, stuff. No, totally. So, all right. Before we wrap up the Pac-12, I, you have buyer in the doc, you have buy or sell Utah as Pac-12 champ. I want to ask a question. Well, let's start with there. Buy or sell Utah or are you, are you fully engaged USC? I'm going to go fully engaged USC. I think I am too. I think I am too. But I want to ask you a bigger question. Playoff team or no playoff team? No playoff team. None. I am kind of thinking about putting USC in the playoff. I'm kind of like full on losing my mind. Yeah. But I don't don't think I can. I I don't think I'm The Pac-12 won't be in the playoff until... um, all conferences don't have um what are they called? Help me. Divisions. Like divisions. Yeah. when it's divisionless and Sorry, everybody has to play everybody, um, that's when the Pac twelve will get a team in because they will the the pair well, I mean actually I don't know because they won't I mean they won't exist. But if if USC so was sad. staying in very the, morbid, yeah, it was, very dark USC, turn there. Realistically speaking, if USC was staying in the Pac-12 and then everybody else did play in divisions and they rotated who they played and all these things, and they had to play certain teams more often, we yes. would see 
the Pac-12 in there because the the Pac-12 teams only lose one game that, that keeps them out. Other teams will either repeat playing uh, or the other teams will have to play the two of the good teams in their yes. conference, not just the one. So that's what I'm getting at. But I, I don't think that the Pac-12, I don't think this is the year. I think USC will be in the conversation, but it'll come up strength of schedule. It'll come up, even if they're undefe- an undefeated Pac-12 champ, like I just know there's going to be a conversation, whether it be in the Big Ten or the SEC, where they have two teams that are way more valuable than adding the one Pac-12 team. Um, You know, the other team I just want to shout out real quick before we make some bets, or at least I have a bet for you. Oregon State has become like my late night guilty pleasure. Okay. Um, sounds weird, but absolutely mean it 100%. They, they're just fun to watch. Like they, they so have been really fun up. to watch. I'm so glad you yeah. brought this up because one of my best friends from college, her husband um, and her dad both went to Oregon State and her husband saw that we did the ACC preview and was like, I'm expecting some Oregon State love on the Pac-12 preview. Um, so shout out Alex for that because they are fun to watch. They kind of make it exciting because they, you know that they can spoil a good team season, which they, they sort of did last year. No, they, they won a bunch of games in a row. Yeah. They, they, I think they got, I think it was Clay Helton. I mean, did they get him fired? I think that was it where they beat the hell out of USC. Um, <laughs> you know, they, they losing to Cal. The problem is they lost back-to-back games against Cal and Colorado on the road. Um, but they, like, they were fun. They are fun. So, they scored points. They've kind of reinvented themselves a little bit. What you're saying is bet Oregon State at home. Yes, I am saying that. And okay. their 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 quarterback is really good. Like, they've got some good players. Um, but that is not where I'm going with my bet. So Oregon State at 25-1 to 1 to win the conference, I could kind of get down with that. Like, 25-1 to 1 is pretty good. So, so we talked about USC, Utah, Oregon. Next up, UCLA nine to one, Washington fourteen to one. No thanks. Oregon State twenty five to one, kind of. Arizona State at twenty five to one. You should invest your money in something else if you're doing that. That is a really yeah. bad decision. Washington State forty five to one. Talk about a weird season. Cal sixty to one. Stanford ninety to one. What the hell happened to them? Colorado two hundred fifty to one, and Arizona two hundred fifty to one. I'll take a little sprinkle. UCLA nine to one. Nine to one for UCLA with like two really good quarterback running back tandem that they have. If I was going to I'd sprinkle on Oregon. If I wanted to get a little spicy where you're not picking Oregon USC at, or Utah. Plus 280. Yep. God, it's two. So you have 220, 250, and 280 with Oregon. So Oregon, like, kind of been an afterthought, I feel like, in the offseason because Utah was crowned one of our off-season champions and USC of course is USC. So Oregon I think could be really good as well. That George, oh I can't wait for that George game. But so UCLA at 9 to 1 is my sprinkle of the week, which I would wait until Oregon loses to Georgia to sprinkle a little on Oregon cuz I feel like those will change when they lose. Um the Oregon people will get Yeah, that's a good. I like that. That is a solid um cuz even if they get beat up that is a degenerate move, but that's a good one. Yep. All right. So we also talk a little golf. Yes. We've got a lawsuit <laughs> with the Live Tour, which is not surprising. But you it's have not, Phil Mickelson. It's so annoying. Go ahead. Tell me. Well, they just, they just want to play less. They just want to play less. and But now they want to play on 17 golf tours. 
So you've got Phil Mickelson and, and what, 10 other golfers that are suing the PGA Tour. Mm-hmm. It's actually a pretty fascinating legal case because you're essentially, they're billing them, the PGA has billed them as contractors, not employees. And so they're, I think they have a pretty good case. I'm not a legal expert. Do not follow my legal advice. But I am curious to see what happens. So what were your thoughts on this? Well, I kind of know where you're going with this, but what are your thoughts on this? This is so stupid. Like, this is the kind of stuff that I just want out. Like, I don't want to deal with this. And it is a little ironic that they're suing the PGA for, like, mistreatment, basically, when, like, you're dealing with a government that, again, questionable moral. Like, I it's just, it's a little weird. It's also very white privilege Like, you, that is so privileged for you. Like, I've been disrespected by the PGA. Like, sure, is it perfect? No. But this is just such a... It's so gross to me, especially for Phil. Like, he, it's gone too far. Like, the sliminess has really gone too far. Like, at I, this point, it's like he's leaned fully into being the villain of this. I don't want to get too political, but, you know, did you see the DeChambeau interview on Tucker Carlson? Did you see his quote about the pizza place and everything else? Like, oh, God, no. I didn't. But, oh, okay. I I can it's, already imagine. I, I Again, this is not a, this is a, a podcast for release, but I find it hilarious the outlets in which some of these players are going mm-hmm. and go read Bryson DeChambeau's Pizza Place analogy. Um, it's great. It's it's good, not wholesome entertainment. It's just entertaining, no, uh, it's, to say the least. It's stupidity at its finest. Like, I feel like this has gone to the point where it's like, it's it's almost like not believable. It's like you're just doing this to sell yourself and make money which is fine but like it's it's starting to get a little grimy and also shout out tiger woods for like i guess you confirmed know, confirmed that he basically turned down a billion dollars i mean also shout out tony finau guy that yes. we've like ripped on Wait, for not need, winning yes we need to like, talk about this also to- shout out like, his giant ass family that like showed yeah. up and was like <laughs> yeah. super excited for him i i, I love I it i had like i was like i had all the feels like, yes. like I know the tournaments aren't the greatest, but like Shut you kind of crush this guy for like not winning, and he like rips off back to back wins. I don't give a shit how the fields are. Like that's a gang that's gang. awesome. Let's do it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. no, I so actually. We the play- really- when when are the play- PGA Tour playoffs? Are not this week. I think the following week are the PGA Tour playoffs. Okay. So we will do some gambling on that. Absolutely. Yeah, we have to do some gambling. So okay. Last but not least, all I know, I don't know what this is about. <laughs> you can guess. All I know. What else do we, what else have we been talking about that's not football or golf related? The people who are listening to this podcast are yelling at you right now. You're, you're Oakland, you're Oakland no, Athletics. No, God, I don't want to talk about baseball. I don't want to talk about it. Let's well, not, that, let's not. No, let's not. No, no, no. Formula One. We have to talk about something because something really crazy oh, happened Jesus. in F1 and I need to explain it to you. So you can understand why now this sport has become just something that I obsess over. So basically what happened is one of the best drivers that currently is okay. racing, he retired. Okay. He announced I his saw retirement. This the other day. Okay. Yes. So he announces his retirement. Another Formula One driver who is well respected. He's retired once. He ended up coming back. He took his seat at that other place, at the other, on the other team. Okay. okay? There's two drivers per team. 
So he replaced him. Now there's this open seat. And they usually bring in guys. They have like a system and it's like Formula 2. Um, and there's That's a driver. literally the name? Yeah, it's Formula, Formula two. 2. Yeah, there's Formula 3. There's Formula W, which is women's. Really? Awesome. Yeah. Uh, but that's hilarious. That's very good, convenient, just yes, around the just assembly move. line of names. So anyway, what happens is, is there's this Australian driver named Oscar Piastri. And the rumor has been that he's just going to move into the seat. He's going to get to drive in Formula One. Okay. Okay. So there are also rumors that another team who has two drivers signed is talking to this young man as well. Okay. Meaning they'd have to buy out one of their drivers, which we all know which one it is because they're very set on keeping one. So this rumor is going around. So we're like, okay, we don't really know where this driver is going to go. Next thing you know, the team that has an open seat says, oh, we signed Oscar Piastri. He's going to be our driver for next season. Mind you, this is in the middle of the night in Australia when they announce this. This kid is in Australia. He wakes up, takes to Twitter and says, Without my agreement, they announced that I'm their driver. I'm not only did I not sign a contract with them, but I am not driving for them next year. Basically being like, this is my dream to be in Formula One, but not with this team. And he's also in their like racer academy. And so basically the internet exploded because that means this kid is going to get a Formula One seat next year, but it's just a matter of where. And no, none of their seats are, none of the other seats are open. So somebody's going to have to move. And it's going to cause a lot of movement, but essentially, Sounds like a, like, a, like a recruiting story. It feels no, recruiting, it's, it's, but okay. But think about like how recruiting it's one thing because you give like a verbal commitment; it's a letter of intent, it's not yeah. really a big deal. But like when you, this is basically like an NBA team in free agency being like, you know what? We signed LeBron James in free agency. I guess LeBron James is a little extreme. Let me think. We signed Bronny James. Okay, like yeah. the next big thing or something. Yeah. In it, we signed him. And then Bronny being like, no, you didn't. No, you didn't. Like a team officially did, announced did that they, he was did signing. Did they explain where the mix-up was? No, or I guess there was like a handshake agreement. Also, how it works is there's like driver academies and for these teams. And essentially, like, he is in the driver academy for this team. So they think that they have the rights to him and basically uh. can tell him to be in that spot. So I think that's where the confusion is. But it said, like, I... Between that and then watching baseball like completely unfold and like Juan Soto and everything happen, and then Hosmer saying he doesn't want to go to the Nats, like it was a very fun sports day in terms of drama. And really, what I'm getting at here is it was yesterday that I learned that the reason I love sports so much is because I love drama and I'm addicted to the drama. I think yes, I, I I finally like am like oh Paige, you're totally here for the drama, whether it be like. On the field, the trade deadline is great. Oh, the trade deadline is is perfect drama. It it is excellent drama. drama. It normally isn't that great, but they made like the the rule that like you can't. There's no more transactions after this, and so I think it became like okay, this is when you have to make that move. And so the baseball trade deadline was great. Then you have this like crazy ass story in Formula One in terms of like that doesn't happen in sports where people are like, yeah, people get a rumor that like, oh, that person's signing with that. But a team officially announcing that they signed yeah. someone and then not, that's wild. I've never heard of that in sports. That's I've never nuts. heard of that either. All right. I am finally ready to start watching this documentary. Uh, 
I'm gonna force it needs you. To happen. By the I, way, no, I get DMs every week after we talk about this little tiny bit of Formula One. I get DMs every week saying things about what well, what whatever topic I brought up in Formula One that week. I feel I do feel like on social media I'm like out of the loop, like non cool kid. Like oh, everyone I follow now is, is into it. Is into it, which is cool. Like that's yeah. great. Like I'm not against just um joining the crowd. I, I like I think some people are, but no, what's, I'm in. I, what's funny is, is I was like really late to the party on this, and I also was never into motorsports like ever. And now I like actually care about cars, which is kind of weird because I just never have. Um, but now I like catch myself looking to see like what kind of cars. Like if I see like a nice car, I'm like, what car is that? The McLaren? Like I would have never cared about that. Never. And here we are I'm, caring about I'm going to I'm going to start it this week. Yes. I've and you have three, three weeks, weeks until there's another race. So really. Oh, wow. A little time off. Yeah. It's called um, summer break. Oh, that's right. You mentioned that last pod. Yeah. Um. All right. So. Speak next week. Yes. Big 12. <laughs> I got to get my thoughts together on the Big 12. I do, um, too. Actually, no, I don't. I'm going to. Their commissioner I came from never, my, my conference. Yeah. Square up, buddy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Your conference. So Big 12 next week. And we are like three weeks away from football. So and we've got like getting, exciting things that we like can't tell you guys yet, which we're really excited about. We do have some really exciting things going on. Some conversations um, that hopefully we'll have more information on soon. Yes. Like real stuff is happening. Uh, I'm not cursing as much anymore because <laughs> I'm trying to be better. Uh, but outside of that, we have some really fun things. We do. The Big 12, I don't know if that would qualify as really fun, but we're going to do it anyways. I need to up my beer game, by the way. So this is actually a good one. So this is Noon Whistle, which I featured prominently in the pod. Hot Prism Blue India Pale Ale, 7.3%. So maybe I was getting loopy at the end, actually. <laughs> but it's still very good. So I'm going to, um, for week zero, just so you know, like I'm going to be doing like a full season worth of shopping. Like I'm going to map out my season with okay. my beer plan. So and also I'm, no, okay. like temperature changes, time of the year, holidays, you name it. I'm not a big Halloween beer fan, as you know, but I do it for the greater good. Starting getting the autumn fall beers. It's uh, it's going down. So I'm going to spend a good amount of money getting my beer routine in check for the pod for week zero. Beer routine. I'm like planning which conferences we're going to preview. And Kramer's like, you know what? I got to map out my beers. <laughs> no, it is. I'm going to say this week. I mean, I'm going to get it going. So, all right. So, Pac-12 preview Pac-12. is done. Tie a bow. Big 12, you are up next. We will talk to you guys next week. Mm-hmm.